Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Scripture, Zechariah 2.5 over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Al Dubay from God's Grace Church in Tempe, Arizona. Thank you so much for being here today, Pastor Al, for a short interview and to share a special sermon that the Lord has put in your heart to share with our global listeners. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I also want to give the Lord my thanks for bringing you to this radio program because he's giving, uh, he's brought you actually, it was through prayer. And um, it's always so um, exciting to have his prayers answered and so I give him all the glory and honor today. Amen. So, Pastor Al, I know you have been pastoring God's Grace Church in Tempe, Arizona, but I want to know, how long have you been pastoring this church? Well, we started in home Bible studies for a couple of years, and it's been over 46 years since I've been a pastor of God's Grace Church, and we've been in Phoenix, Scottsdale, and now we're in Tempe, so it's been a long time. That's great. What a blessing. And what is your greatest challenge that you would say as a pastor of 46 years, you said? Yes, 46 years. Wow. And what would you say is your greatest challenge and what do you do to resolve it? Well, one of our biggest challenges is to realize we can't change anyone. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor, you have to understand that the sheep do not belong to us. We're under shepherds and we shouldn't be selfish with our sheep. And uh, the biggest thing that I tell pastors is preach the word, not doctrines, except for the Bible doctrines in Hebrews chapter six, verses one and two, but to teach the true word of God. And as a pastor to really understand you can't change anybody. And I want to throw this scripture in. I finally found it in Psalm 55, 19. It says that if you don't change, it's because you don't fear God. And so our job is to preach the gospel to his people in Jesus' name. Thank you for that information. Now, I agree, you know, I think that some pastors do um, have that challenge of thinking that their flock is is theirs. I mean, I hear it from other pastors when I interview them or when I have a discussion with them. And so you have made that so clear today that the flock is not theirs. It's God's flock. Amen. What do you think are the greatest challenges pastors are facing now in these modern times? I I think the biggest challenge right now, and fewer people percentage-wise are going to church than any other time, is the cares of this world. And the Bible says that the cares of this world choke the word Mm -hmm. 
remember, it's still as strong inside of you, but it's being choked by the cares of the world. And I have a revelation that just astounded me recently. I saw where the Lord showed me we have to seek the healer and not the healing. Mm -hmm. We have to seek him to get the answer. We have to get our flesh out of the way. And as pastors, every church is different. We can't all be preaching the same thing, yet in the spirit we can be. But we have to preach what he wants us to preach, what the need is at that time. And I believe right now, according to Amos, there's a time, there's a deafness right now of hearing. I believe we're blind, blind been blinded in the United States and also in Mexico because I work with them. Uh, there's a blindness that's taken place and people are not realizing it, that we've got to get back to Jesus Christ. And I've also heard that some of us also want to or we seek the blessings but not seek him. And that's, see, that's the cares. We've mm-hmm. got to seek he first. And that word seek there is worship. Worship the Lord first and then all these things shall be added unto you. He has to be number one according to Colossians Colossians one eighteen. He has to be in first place and we have to be happy to be in second place. Do you think pastors or churches are experiencing more spiritual warfare than ever before? Well, I believe according to Revelations chapter 12, it hasn't happened yet, but when the devil is kicked out of heaven, uh, he comes down in a great force. And I believe right now we are under, which we're always, especially pastors, are always under an attack, is we have to put on the full armor of God, according to Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. And that is a mandatory, I have to know that I'm covered. And if you don't know that, then you're always wavering. And uh, I got a lion in me from the tribe of Judah, and his name is Jesus Christ, and I'm going to roar like a lion. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Now, do you also recommend that they wear the full armor of God at night, too? I believe when I'm asleep, I've got a bright light that shines and nothing can touch me. I'm covered. What should, so you did say that, is is that the only thing you think that they should be doing right now in these Well, there's there's four things that that I believe, I used to teach the teenagers that this is, number one, we need to pray. Number two, we need to read the Bible. Number three, not forsaking the assembling of the saints. And that's where a lot of people are missing it right now because they get upset and they stay away from church wrong. And then we need to give our testimony. According to Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I have a testimony to give. I'm a full gospel, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking preacher. And God called me. I never asked for this. He put it in my lap when I was 30 years old. But yet when I was a child, I knew I was supposed to be a priest. And that's what you're doing now is you're giving your testimony. Amen. (laughs) Now, God has created you to be a catalyst for pastors. 
What does that mean? <laughs> when, I, when I was about 31 to 32 years old, I was in People's Church, which was in Scottsdale. They were the biggest Pentecostal church on the east side of the time. And uh, this prophet called Leland Davis pulled me out of the crowd and he starts shaking me. And I thought I, thought I was in trouble. And, you know, I wasn't used to this type of church. And he says, I don't know who you are, but you're going to be a catalyst. And then in 1996, this apostle in Scottsdale, uh, while he was preaching, got off the stage and says, uh, Pastor L, don't ever give up the ministry of provoking. And it's the same word for catalysts. I provoke people. I get them started. I get them excited. And then it's like in a car. Then the car runs. My job is to get people excited and to go on with Christ. I lift them out of the ditch and put them up where they belong. I preach to the dialects, to the to anybody that we're all equal. No one's better than anybody else. And Jesus does not see colored. When the Lord looks at us, he sees his light because Colossians 3.3 says we're hid in Christ. So when God the Father looks at me, I'm protected because he sees Jesus. And so when was the last time you were... Um provoking other people i want an example of this constantly it just sounds so interesting (laughs) Uh, i i have a man that uh first time i went to out to minister and he was a part of a, a, a organizational church and he told me later on he became one of our elders and he became uh our music director and he told me one day he says pastor al you have a rope ministry I says, a rope ministry, what's that? He says, you pull people out of religion and bring them into Christianity. And I've never forgotten that. And when I provoke you, I'm going to make you get into the Bible and find out what it says. I'm not a patty cake, patty cake preacher. I believe in teaching the milk and the meat. So that's what I think. (laughs) That's great. So when, when you did this last time, what was the response of that person? Uh, kind of, especially with pastors, duh. <laughs> That's kind of what you get, a strange look. And because I love uh, somebody you know 22 years ago, and I don't remember doing this, but I usually don't remember what I prophetically speak. He said that you uh, prophesied over me and said you were a prophet of God, which I never say that to anybody, so I was surprised I said that. And he said, you said, you have to relearn everything you've learned, and one day you're going to be under our covering. 22 years later, he's now under our covering. So Jesus can't lie. And the prophet, if he lies, he ought to be stoned to death. Now, what is something right now that the Lord is doing in your life, Pastor Al, at this moment? I think that the biggest thing men have is to listen to their wives. I've had women over and over again over the years say, how come he never listens to me? And my wife has even said to me, Al, how come you never listen to me? And the Bible says in Psalm 81, if my people would listen to me, Hmm. it goes on something like this. I would get rid of their adversaries. And 25 times in the New Testament, it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Mm-hmm. That word 25 is the number of salvation. If we can't hear our wives, trust me, we're not listening to God. 
And so my goal is to keep talking about he that hath an ear, and are you ready? Uh, my, my, one of my daughters asked me at the beginning of this year on the first, she said, what's God speaking to you about this upcoming year? And out of my mouth came, are you ready? Was I ready to come and see you? Was I ready today to be on the radio? Am I ready to die? There's, are we ready to worship? And uh, do we go to church ready? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been teaching people lately. Or expecting. Yeah, see, I teach that. The, the mm-hmm. man, he had his cup out. And Peter and Paul, it's, it says he expected to receive mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And they said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and be whole. And we know what happened. Faith in that name healed Mm -hmm. that man. And so uh, that's where I'm at right now is are you ready? And every message I preach, I use the word, are you ready to receive this? And he was ready to receive something. So when you come to church or you're listening to us right now, did you prepare yourself are your ears ready to hear? I, I use this prayer a lot. Holy Spirit, empower me to do the will of God. Empower me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, to be able to hear this today. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. I'm going to start using that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you have a favorite biblical topic. I want you to share that with us and... Tell us why it's your favorite topic. Well, over 40 years ago, when I found out I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I had that happen to me in a confessional booth when I was nine and a half years old and had nothing to do with the church. The priest was talking to somebody else, and my mother said to me, I had uh, committed a sin, and I really can't remember what that was, and I would lie to the priest for about six months. I would just say, oh, I got in a fight with my brother or I lied. And I promised the Lord that day I was going to confess my sin. And he was talking to a lady and it was pretty loud and I didn't think I should be listening to that. And I knew I was going to get excommunicated just as soon as I shared my sin. (laughs) You know, I'm nine and a half because I was told I was going to spend a million years in purgatory. And so uh, I just... I just was kneeling there, and I had my eyes closed, and I was crying, afraid of the priest. And all of a sudden, it came to me. Uh, my mother said, Al, Albert, if you ask the Lord to come into your heart, he will. So I said, Lord Jesus, or Lord, would you come into my heart like my mother said? And at that moment, he came in, and I've never been the same. Mm. And I started speaking in this strange language. And I did not know what that was until I was 30 years old. I ran home and told my mother about it, and she told me to take a cold shower. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't understand when my brother, we used to have to sleep together, and he'd kick me because he says, why do you keep praying in that strange language when you're asleep? And so I have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence speaking in tongues. And one time in with the Parapacha Indians, we had 17 pastors receive it at the same time. And so my favorite topic is you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. And that's the word for martyr. And I believe the Holy Spirit power is not to give us goosebumps, which I like that, but it's to teach us how to die to self 
And in Acts 19 and verse 2, Paul said, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Notice they were already born again, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. And so when you ask me what my favorite scripture is, all over the Navajo Nation, all over Mexico, all over Guatemala, I've ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to read that scripture because Jesus is the one that said it. And so in Acts chapter 1, I'd like to read verse 1. Absolutely. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And notice it says, he's talking to Theolopius, of all that Jesus began. Notice he just began because it's our job to continue. So he says in Luke 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, not do the things that I say? And so today I want us to hear this is what Jesus said we were going to get. And notice what he says in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, which is the church, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And he calls it the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And I teach there's four baptisms for a Christian, and even as Fez says in Ephesians chapter 6, one God, one faith, one baptism. The one baptism is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and it's being baptized into Christ. That's when you got born again. And so that's the one he just mentioned too here. And in Luke and Matthew, it also talks about the baptism of fire. So we have water. Being, being a member of Christ, you're baptized into the body of Christ. Now you're in the family of Christ. Then we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we don't like this one, the baptism of fire. But you find once you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you start cleaning up in a special way. Then he says in verse 5, For John truly baptized, I want you to hear that, with water, but you shall, not maybe, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then he goes over to verse 8, and he says, well, I, I want to read verse 7, because nobody knows when he's coming. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons. We don't have time to talk about that right now. We've got to get people saved and quit give them the fear message. God is a God of love, and he wants us to live in his love mm-hmm. and to... It, the only two commandments we have right now is to love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. As Christians, how can we be prejudiced? It's impossible. Even amongst each other. Even amongst each other. Yeah. How can we believe that women are below us or men are above us? Mm-hmm. We're equal in his eyes. There's neither male nor female in the Christian. So People say, well, I'm not good enough to get this. He just said, ask and I'll give it to you. And I I remember we were in Yuma one time and we were praying over people and they were getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this one gal I must have prayed over about four or five times. Finally, her brother came up to me and says, because she was just crying because she wasn't getting it. And he says, she's not saved. So you can't get it unless you're saved. And so I said, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? No, I never have. And she starts crying more. I says, would you like to? Yes. 
she, right at the end of the prayer, she just starts speaking in her heavenly language. Wow. And I could give you testimony after testimony about this. But it, see, we're going to destroy Satan with the word of our testimony. And Amen. he says, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons. So why are we buying books from people <laughs> that know when the Lord's coming when Jesus didn't even know? The times of the season which the Father has put in his own authority, that's his job, not ours. But you, but I'm ready to go right now. Amen. But you shall receive power. You shall, not maybe, receive power when, the King James says, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you got born again, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and in Luke chapter 11, I believe it's verse 13, he said, ask, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, I'll give it to you. One of the signs that you have the Holy Spirit is you speak the word of God with boldness. Acts 4.39, and it's in other places also. So here we see, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And this is an interesting word. It's dunamis or dynamite. And I believe we need dynamite to get some of our mountains taken down. When Jesus said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, we need some power behind it. And not not childlike, but being men and women of God. Yes, use that spiritual authority. Amen. Amen. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, which is the church, and Judea could be your neighborhood, Samaritan, your state, and to the end of the earth. So we're all evangelists, and I teach this, you either go or you help send, in Jesus' name. And then we see in Acts 2, the first time this happened, and now there's 120 people gathered, and remember, over 500 saw him, and yet only 120 people show up. And I believe they're already born again because the Holy Spirit had breathed upon the apostles. And notice, we don't have to wait for Pentecost. People wait for years. I was in Tijuana one time, and so many people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I remember just before I went up to the to the podium, it was uh, the pastor, Fermin Garcia. He, he was quite a, a man of God. And he said, he was calling me up there, and the Lord says, I don't want you to pray for them standing up today or laying hands on them. I want you to pray for them sitting down. I says, Lord, they get excited when we pray for them. No, I want them sitting down. I says, well, they're announcing me, Lord. Where's the scripture? Acts 2, verse 1. So I started reading this. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, remember, they're calling me up. They were all with one accord. There's right there, Psalm 133, the unity brings the anointing that brings yes, the presence of God accord. and then and then only he commands God himself commands the blessing so these 120 people 120 people represents death when that's Noah 120 years he preached the word of God and everybody died but the eight eight is new beginnings and what does that mean to us it's the death of the flesh. Thank God. He gives us power to die to ourselves. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you're going to have to pick up your cross and that's your flesh, that's your soulish realm, and follow me. And sometimes we blame the enemy or the the enemy for things, and really it's the flesh. Yeah. It's our flesh. Yes. Amen. And so he says, they were all together in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and they were, and and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Isn't that amazing? Almost five hundred people received the baptism of that day, and they kept telling me. People kept telling me, "I've been asking for this for five years." Or more, and nobody ever told me it was up to me to open my mouth and start talking. It's just like Romans 10 and 9. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God rose Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. It's the tongue. I have to ask for it, then I have to open my mouth. And even in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11 and 12, it says with a stammering lip. And what's a stammering lip? La, 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 la. With a stammering whip, lip will I talk to this people, yet they won't receive it. They're not receiving it today. They think it died with the apostles. I can't find one scripture that says it died with the apostles. So why are people believing that? Why are they believing? Yeah, that it died with the apostles. Because that's what the preacher is teaching. Mm. But the Bible no place says that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I can show you through Acts five times when they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. One, they magnified God. Once they praised God. And even Paul the Apostle, he had scales fall off his eyes. And yet he was, a, he was so smart in the Bible of the Old Testament. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon the other. In Acts 11, in Acts 15, and one other place it says, uh, Peter says, they received the same Holy Spirit, the same gift as we receive. So whatever the Holy Spirit gave to the apostles, we have today. And I love that. All these answers are in this book. And they were all filled. How many? All of them. All 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice they had to utter that. Now we find out 17 different dialogues. And this is the only place in the Bible where there's the device, divi- the divided tongues or diversities of tongues is spoken. And 17 languages understood. And what did they hear? The wonderful works of God in verse 11. So they were amazed, verse 13. Others mocked, sounds like today. And you'll see in chapter 11 and 15, they were quieted down after he said the Gentiles received the same gift. Then Peter, standing up with the the 11, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And yet in Joel, it doesn't talk anything about speaking in tongues. But he's saying, this is what has happened. We finally got it. It, it, is, it shall come to pass in the last days. We have 2,000 years, I believe, of this manifestations of the Spirit, says God. And then the Lord will come back eventually. We don't know when. That I, I will pour out my, my Spirit upon all flesh. And this is the question I'd like to ask your listeners. Notice what it says. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. When was the last time you prophesied? The Bible says we can all prophesy one by one. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. That's why I know I'm not old because I don't dream. That was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Look at verse 33. 
Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise. So he's saying they just received the promise after they were already born again of the Holy Spirit, not these 5,000 that are going to receive. He poured out this which you now see. What did they see? You know, people say, you know, I've had people fall out under the power. I just unbelievably what were they doing? They were acting drunk. And I don't like to use that word, but that's they were staggering. Uh, and notice what it says. Having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out on them, which they now see. And what did they hear? hear? They heard that diversity of tongues. Now they want to ask Peter, what must we do? And Peter says in verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Remember, water baptism does not save you. It's working out your salvation. You're saved when you ask Jesus to come into your life. And you shall receive the gift. Notice, you shall, there it is again, the third time, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, and this is a promise, X. 1631 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your whole house. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, that's us, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. And, and I'd like to, uh, when I found out I was a believer, when I was a born-again Christian, I I, I, my brother taught me then, when you're a new believer, you could just open up the Bible, and it's like the Lord speaks to you. Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. And as you mature in the Lord, you have to work mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a maturity. That's well, so anyway, true. I opened up my Bible, and I remember, I was brand new at this. And uh, I opened up the Bible, and, and it landed on uh, Mark, uh, Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to start with verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Why? Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go. Notice it's a promise of God. Two-thirds of God's name is go. Go. Simple as that, but really powerful. Yes. Go. Yes. Go. And Jesus said, we're not doing it because... Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you a fisherman of men. How many did we catch this year? That just grieves me. And he said to them, go into all the world. How far? It says in Revelations, every nation and every tongue will be there. And preach the gospel. Notice, not the doctrines of men, but the good news to every creature. Now, here's what I fell on. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them who have believed. And all of a sudden, I think I said this at least 10 times, I started screaming, oh my God, I'm going to find out what's going to follow me. And I kept saying it, kept saying it. Finally, I read it. I was so excited because now I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And these signs, these these are miracles, these are wonders. And I want to say this, we do not follow the signs. We follow the sign giver, and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And these signs will follow them, or those who have believed, the Greek says, in my name they will cast out demons. I love to ask pastors how many demons they've cast out. 
And in my name, he says. In my name. Yes. It has to be, be in his name. his name. Whatever you ask the Father in yes. my name. You haven't asked me anything, but now it's time to ask. Exactly. And, and they said, faith in that name. See, uh, you can say Jesus in Acts 19. We found that out, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got their clothes ripped off. You have to have faith in that name. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's yes. the key right there. Exactly. Faith in that name is what yes. made this man whole. And while... The, they notice in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Isn't that amazing? New is something they never had before. And this word tongues, it's a language you cannot learn. So you can't teach anybody this. And your prayer language cannot be interpreted. First Corinthians 14.1 says, when you pray in this, un, King James says, unknown tongue, you speak mysteries to God and no one understands you. So if no one understands you, how can you interpret this language? You can't. But if you get the diversities of tongues, you pray for the interpretation. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach with today's special guest, Pastor Al Dubay from God's Grace Church in Tempe, Arizona. Pastor L will now continue to share a sermon about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so we're talking about in Mark chapter 16, verse 18, they will take up serpents. First of all, I want to go back to verse 17. And these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And that's a, a language you cannot acquire. You can't teach anybody this. I used to laugh when people say, I'm going to teach you how to dance in the spirit. You can't teach how to dance in the spirit. It has to be spiritual, and unnatural, or speaking in tongues. They will take up serpents. So demonic forces. And if they drink any deadly poisons, and remember, Jesus said, the spirit gives life, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. We teach a doctrine of flesh and we should be teaching the doctrine of spirit. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I want to say this, uh, you know, today a lot of the church wants to be entertained. And if you're entertaining your people, they're never going to grow. All I keep hearing is the Lord is preach the word, preach the word out. I agree. That is so true. Mm. And then we just stay as baby Christians. Yes. Paul said, I can only teach you milk. Mm-hmm. Even Peter had a hard time understanding him. I want more than the milk. And that's called maturity. Yeah, we want to encourage hunger for God. Yes, amen. And thirst for God. Yes, amen. Well, also, uh, the poisons in the Bible are the doctrines of men. And Jesus said, the doctrines of men have made the word of God of none effect. And so we've got to get back to the Bible. That's the only truth we have. And Jesus said, if you are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make. There's a making that they, we're to make disciples. It's work. Working out our salvation with fear and trouble is dying to self. So they're going to handle serpents, deadly poisons. They shall not be hurt by them. So we know we, we get hurt when Paul was stoned to death. That hurt. So this is a spiritual thing they're talking about here. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And the key to all this is in verse 20. So there's five things that are supposed to follow 
the believer, not talking about apostles, prophet, evangelists, pastors, teachers. It's anybody that believes can receive this if they have the faith for it. And you, how do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, word of, of God. God. Romans ten seventeen. And now here's the key. Notice what happened. They went out. And we know it took them like seven years to get out of Jerusalem. Paul had to come and bring persecution. Whenever the persecution comes upon the church, it grows like in China today and India today. And when they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Notice we work with God, not for God. And confirming, what was he doing? He wasn't confirming the preacher. He's confirming the word of God. And that gets us right out of it. As long as we're preaching the word, he has to confirm it. How? With signs, accompanying signs. Amen. And so I'd like to have you turn over to Acts. Uh, excuse me. Let me hit Luke 24. Luke 24 and verse 49. Behold, this is Jesus saying, now he's opened up their understanding. They've seen him on the road and he's had eaten and said a spirit can't do this. And in verse 49, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. Where was it? Upon you. And this word is used many times, like in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait, tarry in the city of Jerusalem. And I tell people, why leave the church if you haven't been baptized yet? But they don't know how to ask until you are endured. And that's the word for clothed. There it is again. It's upon you. This is dealing with the Holy Spirit coming upon you. When you got born again, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit came into you. But according to Luke chapter 11, it says, ask for the Holy Spirit and I'll give it to you. Say and that one more time. I'm, I'm going to read it. That's in yeah. Luke chapter 11. And he's talking about if you want bread, is, is he going to give you a scorpion or a stone? And then, then he goes down to verse 26. If you then are not able to do the least, oh, I didn't mean to turn there. And I love people, they say, well, speaking in tongues is the least of all gifts. That means we should all do it then, if it's the least. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so chapter 11 and verse 13, if you then being evil, which none righteous, no, not one, the only good thing in us is him, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, how, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When you get born again, you don't ask for the Holy Spirit. You ask for Jesus to come into your heart. Is that making sense? Mm -hmm. And uh, let's, let's take, I don't know how much time we have left, but over to Acts 10. Here's Peter. Here's Peter speaking to Cornelius, and he's gathered... He's gathered, gathered his family and friends. We don't know how many people there were there. And Peter has to get this sheet coming out of heaven. And he says, not so, Lord. I can't eat that. And the Lord says, what do you mean? What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And so we were given permission to eat pork here, in case you didn't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
Anyway, so Peter comes into the house and he apologizes because he's never been into a Gentile home before. That's totally against. And so in verse 44, I want to start with verse 43. So to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, notice his name, Jesus Christ, whoever believes in him, Jesus Christ, will receive remission of sins. And at 30 years old, I was horrified of death because I was going to have to spend a, a million years in purgatory for my sins. And when I found out I was forgiven, it was like I have never feared death in, in, since I was 30, which is 47 years ago. And how could a, a, a that was pointed to me when I was five and a half years old, Albert, I don't care how good you are, you're going to spend a million years in purgatory. And I used to spend Saturdays saying indulgent prayers all day long to get me out of that horrid fire. And then I found out he died for my sins. He rose for me. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all it takes, just calling upon him. Amen. That's so, so important because there's so many people out there and there are even probably listeners out there feeling the way you felt, Pastor L. Yeah. And you don't even have to say, forgive me. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Well, how did you call upon him? You must have heard something. If some people were praying for you and you hear the gospel, unless a man is born again or born from above, he cannot see. And that word for see in the Greek means to understand. So how can you understand the Bible? That's why people say, I don't get anything out of the Bible. It's because they're not regenerated. They haven't been born again. you got to have the Spirit to understand the Spirit. This book is the purest thing we have on earth. No other publication can even come near this. And even when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found the book of Isaiah complete except for what we would call commas and dots that is incredible and that was before christ came like a hundred and some years before so this book is life and if you're receiving it today it's life and some people have told me yeah i spoke in tongues 27 years ago when you speak in tongues it, it edifies you it builds you up and listen to this in jude 20 it says praying in the holy spirit Building up your most holy faith, comma, keeps you in the love of Christ. So praying in tongues keeps us in the love of Christ. So why would you want to take that away from me? So many people have tried to take that away from me. And why would you want to take that away when Jesus said that was the promise of the Father? Wrong so the, teachings. What's that? Yes. Wrong teachings. Wrong teachings, yes. I never okay. knew this till I was 30 either. Started learning. What if I had it when I got saved? You young ones, man, man, you could be way ahead of me where I started at 30. When Peter, verse 44, when Peter was still speaking, I love this. I can't wait for this to happen to me <laughs> while I'm out there preaching. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell, where did it fall? Upon all those who heard the word. Who's the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 1. So they heard the message. They re received that they could be forgiven, according to verse 43 and above. 
And those of the uh, and they heard and they the heard. message they had ears to hear. Yes, they had they had to be saved. They had to, to be saved. I'm knocking at the door. If anyone hear my voice, mm-hmm. I will come where not upon in and have supper with him. That's in uh, uh, Revelation uh, Revelation three twenty. While Peter was still speaking these words, talking about being saved, talking about what he did for us, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And isn't this amazing? Fell upon those who heard. heard. So you wonder why everybody doesn't get it. Exactly. They haven't heard. The exactly. You can be in church. And I love it when I ask people, uh, are you a Christian? Oh, I was raised in church. They're telling me they don't even know what a Christian is because... They would have said, yeah, when I was five and a half years old, I gave my life to the Lord. Or or just yes, or I just, am. Yes, but I am. going back to, oh, I was raised. R- blaming the church right. for not ever teaching you how to get saved. Right. How do you get saved? You have to ask him. Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah. for those listeners, I get a sense right now, Pastor Al, there's some listeners right out there just being curious. Wow, I'm going through this, and I feel like I've just committed so many sins how could God accept me? Amen. And and let me just blow that because blow that theory because there's none righteous in the flesh and the soul. None of us are righteous. But when Christ comes into your spirit, we're a three part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. When He comes into your spirit, He's planning on staying because He closes the door. And when He comes in, He forgives you of all your sins. And uh, once, how can you repent if you're not born again? After you get born again, you're constantly repenting because <laughs> you know when you blow it. <laughs> but I also sense they're saying, I've done so much. Yep. How can he forgive me? Well, what would you say, say I to would them? say the guy on the cross with Jesus, and he says to the Lord, Lord, remember me this day. And he was being crucified for a reason. He was a bad guy. And the Lord says, all he said to him, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. That's why everybody can get saved in a different way. Some churches, you raise your hand. Some, you're taking a shower, whatever it is. And you might just say, I did at five, at nine and a half years old. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And he did. That's all I said, come into my heart. And he did. And what about those people who say, well... I'll do it in a couple of years when I'm, yeah. you know, you I've ready? heard that. Yeah. I, we could all be killed today. Exactly. A bomb could drop today. You could be killed in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. I've had to do too many funerals that people weren't ready. And I love to do a funeral when I know they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But I want, I want you to notice what they said. This is, there's three te- uh, testimonies of this in verse 45. And those of the circumcision, talking about the Jews, who believed were astonished. See, the Jews forgot that Jesus said, go into all the world. This is the first time they've really been going out. Well, uh, Paul Paul started going out in chapter 9. As many as came, and chapter 8 is when they first started, about seven years after they were told to go into all the world. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on... Notice, there it is again, upon, not in. Mm -hmm. So they received him in 44, verse 34. In verse 45, the Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, 
For the, how did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. I've been told speaking in tongues is of the devil. If it's of the devil, why are we praising God then? Why are we magnifying him? Exactly. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these notice that born again and spirit filled before they get water baptized? So some people, uh, I remember we were up on the Navajo Nation and we had this beautiful camp meeting. The first time I was ever up there was the day we had 122 degrees here, so I was glad to be there. And we prayed for a bunch of the people. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit, laying hands on them. And a lot of them didn't receive it. So Kenneth Begishi, the leader at that time, he calls me. That, month, uh, that next day, they took him up to Lake Powell, and everybody they baptized when they came up out of the water started speaking in tongues. And so, <laughs> so to me, that was amazing. I remember my dad at 65 years old. Uh, he, he said a year earlier, we'd all go to hell because I baptized my mother underwater. And a year later, my dad, I baptized him underwater at 65 years old. He come up out of the water speaking in tongues. And for the first time he ever said to me, he hugged me and kissed me and said, I love you, son. He had never said that before. Wow. Never. He didn't even know what love was. And he had a vision of, of the Lord. And uh, how can you say, this is of the devil? Exactly. Well, my da dad, who was a Frenchman, spoke broken English. And he's speaking in this heavenly language. And love comes and out love of this. Coming, that, that, out of pouring out from him to you. Yes, amen. Remember, and we yes. know that God is love. Amen. He, God is love. The, the character of God is Galatians 5.23, mm -hmm. 5.22 and 23. God is love. And the last one is self-control uh, uh, self and its faithfulness, all those things. So he, he commands them to be blessed, uh, to be baptized. And then you go over to chapter 11. Now he's back home in Jerusalem, and he's got a report that he went to a Gentile home. And I want you to hear this. Gentiles... That's basically uh, unbelievers. And so now he's talking, he's defending himself. And he says, as I began to speak, verse 15, 11, 15, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Isn't that interesting? They received the same thing the apostles did. And this is said more than once. Now watch what happens. Then I remembered the word the Lord had said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall, there it is again, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God. i got tears in my eyes. I'm having a hard time seeing. It just blows me away when I think of my dad, and he died in 1992. How much How much later did, or how long after did he pass away? After? Oh, he was 88 when he died. And he then was, he accepted Christ at what age? Uh, Same age? Like 65. Oh, okay, and yeah. so when he was 88. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so. Mom, was the mom before she died, 
people don't believe this because she was the most holiest, holiest religious person I've ever met. Everybody mm-hmm. loved her. Mm-hmm. And she said, Albert, she always called me Albert, <laughs> if, I, if you wouldn't have become a minister, I would have died, gone to hell. That's where religion takes us. Because mm-hmm. nobody ever to- told her how to get born again. Wow. So what did you respond to her? I, I just cried with her. Oh. And when she died, I'll never forget, especially uh, they, they were in a trailer in August when it's so hot. And we're French. We drink coffee, you know, so you're burning up hot. She would always put her head, hand on my bald head. <laughs> and I would say, Mom, don't do that. I'm sweating. Didn't bother her. And so the day she died, I'll never forget this. Uh, we were all together. Most of us were all together. And I was going to go, my brother, my other, one of my brothers couldn't find us, so I was going to go get him. And my sister-in-law says, Al, you better come. She's leaving. And I walked into the room, and I heard her go, and she wrapped around me three times and patted me on the head three times. And everybody's crying, and I'm laughing. She did it to me again. Now tell me, at that time, I could have made that up. That's what I've been told. You made that up. There's no way. That was the worst time of my life. She was my best friend. Mm-hmm. And to see her die, and I'm rejoicing because I knew where she went. Mm-hmm. That and when yes. they heard, now listen to this. This is what you need to hear. And when they heard these things, they became silent. Those of you that don't understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't talk against it. There's only one sin you cannot be forgiven of, and that's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in just. Explain what that means for those listeners who don't understand. Well, there's so many comments, so many different teachings, but in in Mark, it says that basically they believed he had a demon spirit. Well, if you believe that Jesus has a demon spirit, then he's of the devil and he's not, not of God. And so we know that Jesus came. He, If you believe this, he came, he died, and he rose according to 1 Corinthians 15, you are born again. And I've had people say, I'm 77 years old. How do you stay so excited? My God, I got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit living in me, and the Holy Spirit is upon me. I'm clothed with him. My life has been threatened, and I've been so protected, and I'm not dying unless I tempt him until my appointed time to die. And I'm going to preach as long as I have breath in me. And one of the things I always preach every place I go is Acts 19 says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Verse 2. Isn't that funny? It says in verse 1, And he met these believers. There were 12 men. And they got water baptized. Then guess what Paul did? He laid hands on them. And it says they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. What is prophecy? It's it's edifies the church. Mm-hmm. But notice, I've just given you two scriptures that says there was more than two or three speaking in tongues, and the Holy Spirit never said, stop. And so, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is all you have to do. Lord Jesus, manifest yourself to me. Show me who you are. And by faith, I've just heard that your word, and your word is truth. That's what you said, Lord. You said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And if we're free, we're free indeed. 
and, and ask him, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. From this day forth, you will be my God. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, I ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. But you have to ask. You have to say, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, come upon me right now and fill me. Now open up your mouth and start speaking in a language you don't know. If you do know it, you haven't got it. But if you don't know, you did get it. So in Jesus' name, I bless you right now. And just look up for your redemption is coming closer than you think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have run out of time, but Faith City Outreach will continue next week with Pastor Al's sermon on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We have run out of time, but Faith City Outreach can be heard again on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. This radio program is sponsored by King Jesus Christ Ministries in Phoenix, Arizona. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.